Hi, I'm Mike Hatton, and for over 20 years, I've been in a management role that saw me working with other managers from entry level up to and including the C-suite. The experience gained have positioned me to help many other leaders manage the stresses of not having enough time at work, not having enough family time, neglecting their health, and many other challenges magnified by the recent pandemic. I founded Human Cornerstone Facilitations, LLC in 2008 was based on the need to help managers improve their productivity and that of their team. I would like to show you the roadmap to becoming a great leader by harnessing your team's strengths. Welcome to my show, Cornerstone, where the foundations of leadership begin. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching today and welcome to my show. My name is Mike Hatton. The show is called Cornerstone. I highlight uh, people who have shown incredible leadership skills, incredible business acumen, and today's guest is no different, and he certainly fills all those bills. He is a chemical engineer. He's a biochemist. He's the founder of a company called EverHealth. Please welcome Al Pernia. Hi, Mike. Thank you Hi. for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so let's jump right in. You have created a model that I think has been needed for a long time and I've followed healthcare for for a long time and um, the one of the things that that really fascinated me about what you've created is that you're moving healthcare towards the preventative side rather than oh you have something wrong we just found it now we're going to treat it would you like to address that and uh, tell us expand on that a little bit yeah, um, I've been on a 20-year journey to try and move our healthcare system to this preventative model. I think it's really the only true solution to the country's healthcare challenges, both financially and and for individuals having the best experience they can in life. You know, in today's America, um, most people have high deductible insurance, so they're paying out of pocket when they go to see doctors, and half the bankruptcies have to do with catastrophic. So it's become more of a financial issue than even a look and feel issue. And I feel that we need to get society on this preventative uh, approach to healthcare. And what we've done with EverHealth is create the infrastructure to be able to do this with practitioners and society to understand this other approach compared to the traditional, let's wait until we're sick and have somebody manage us from there on. That's that's fascinating and that's an interesting concept and I've been uh, reading some about the need for something like this for a long time. And I can imagine that at first there was resistance to this. For instance, I know when I was a kid, there were uh, certain doctors who would tell you, no, there's only one way to do this. You come to the doctor, we tell you what's wrong with you and we tell you what you need. Um, have you met incredible resistance like that or, or any resistance? And if so, how did you overcome that? Well, you know, unfortunately, our healthcare system is designed where people have five, 10 minutes with their practitioner. Mm -hmm. and in that five or 10 minutes, what more can you do other than recommend a drug or a surgery? Uh, the approach we're recommending is one where you need to spend a lot more time with that individual to understand what are the underlying issues that's leading up to their symptoms. We don't want to be addressing symptoms. We want to be getting to the root cause. And that's how we can hopefully get our healthcare system to become more preventative by helping people become proactive instead of waiting until they're diseased. 
So it would be safe to say that, that you're really trying to move this to a preventative model, but you're involving both the patient and the practitioner. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, somebody who goes and becomes a primary care physician, they get maybe an hour of nutrition course in that education, years and years of education, very little bit of nutrition. So getting practitioners to start doing this kind of healthcare is a significant uh, commitment by them of both time and effort to understand this other approach. So what we've done is we've created a, a system to help practitioners make this change in their practice. And at the same time, what we have to do is also educate society that you really have two options. Wait until you're diseased and have somebody manage you for the rest of your life, or find out what are the imbalances and have these specially trained practitioners correct those imbalances before they become disease conditions. So if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, this is like when I go in and work with a client, maybe who's a, who's a manager, who's a leader, or a business owner, uh, I work with them to develop, I call it a process map. And so you've developed a process where the practitioner gets training or trains himself through the, through the product that you've produced on how to do this, how to bring the patient along, how to explain this wellness journey to the patient. And a lot of patients don't like to ask doctors, they're intimidated, they don't like to ask them questions. So I assume there's an education component with the patient as well. Oh, the, the education is everything, both with the practitioner and with the patient. Um, we have put together a complete turnkey system to make it easy for practitioners to be able to implement this kind of preventative wellness healthcare. And at the same time, we need to educate the patient on the journey they're going to take. For example, we've created a concept called WICO. You know, you have a FICO credit score. Mm -hmm. we, we now have a wellness score. It matches the FICO numbers. Over 800 is great. As it goes down, it's bad. And it's a function of how many severe, moderate, mild conditions you have across 15 functions of the body. So you have a thyroid, you got a liver, you got a gallbladder, you got digestion. These are all functions of the body. And many times why you can't lose weight, why you can't keep it off, why you got blood sugar, why you got this or that has to do with this imbalance in these functions. So one of the first steps we take with our practitioners is, is to establish that person's health status by assessing their WICO and looking at these functions. And then we can go and start addressing those imbalances, which may be why they can't lose weight or keep it off. So the education is both sided. Practitioners need the education to start doing this kind of healthcare. But in the process of working with patients, we're educating them to understand how important it is to address these issues with these concepts like WICO. More or less, uh, in a way, maybe not taking complete charge of their own wellness, but at least having a seat at the table. Of course. I mean, it, it, the beauty of what we do is that people know they've got a thyroid, they've got a liver, they've got a gallbladder. And if they realize that if they're imbalanced, if something is not functioning, could be a reason why they have symptoms, now they become interested to start addressing it. Whereas when you go to do these lab tests, number one, we're looking at disease conditions. And then you get these numbers, A1C, CRP, all these 
they don't relate to these numbers and it just becomes something that they can't connect and understand and therefore it, there is just a process of waiting for the practitioner to tell them what to do and it's usually a drug or a medication or a surgery. I see. Um, is there a type of specialist you work with uh, exclusively, in other words primary care or uh, do you work with all MDs and do you work with functional medicine practitioners also? You know, I mean, we, um, what we do is we have a technology that we train and support practitioners to implement. And the technology is not complicated. Uh, we're not trying to cure cancer. We're not doing anything where we're treating people's disease conditions. We're looking at imbalances and wanting to correct them. So we can take any practitioner and give them this training and the tools to be able to intervene at this early stage to prevent disease and promote wellness. So many chiropractors have become functional medicine, functional medicine specialists. That's right. Uh, nurse practitioners uh, who have practices, they could benefit from this as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we have chiropractors who want to go and do this kind of functional medicine type work. We've got medical doctors who want to go away from their traditional approach to spending more time with patients and trying to get to the root cause of their symptoms. Um, we, we have even you know, naturopaths uh, who um, are already doing this natural type of approach to healthcare and that they want to become more functional oriented. So we've got all kinds of practitioners. We train them on our, our technology mm -hmm. and then they implement in their, pay, in their practice and then we drive people into their practice who are looking for this kind of healthcare. So you're, you're with surgical precision, no, no pun intended there, <laughs> you are looking for ways to identify not to change how they treat people, you're not trying to retrain them how to be a doctor or a no. chiropractor or whatever. You're trying to teach them a process that you have developed to help them identify things early. That's right. And work together along with the patient for identifying early instead of the more expensive option, which is the treatment phase that starts after discovery of a condition. That's correct. Okay. We have been working with companies now also who have been using our programs and um, we have uh, a white paper that just recently got published showing a savings of almost $5 million using our approach compared to the traditional approach um, to address certain issues that uh, people had. Uh, and we have these case studies where if somebody had gone the traditional approach, it would have cost maybe dollars $200,000, whereas what we recommended only cost five or $10,000. So there is a huge financial aspect to this, separate from the fact that people should want to not become diseased, to have, have somebody manage that disease, but they want to live life very uh, healthy and energetically without having these symptoms to deal with that ultimately gets them to go on drugs and medication. That's fascinating, and uh, I've, I've read of the need for this for quite some time now, and I've just anecdotal, but I can see the need for it myself. You also have been able to, by doing this, identifying things early, help people to reverse, help physicians, help practitioners, to help people reverse certain chronic illnesses. Would you like to speak, uh, expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> give you a, 
my own personal example. A number of years ago, I became a diabetic, type 2 diabetic. And um, it was an amazingly difficult journey for me because I love bread and pasta and rice and fruit and sandwiches. And once you become a diabetic, you can't have these things unless you start taking medication. I didn't want to take medication. So the process of trying to address diabetes is, is a difficult process that most people can't undergo unless they have this kind of practitioner or this kind of healthcare that they're introduced. So at that early stage of prediabetes, it is such an easy reversal because the body can make changes. And that is what I think is um, crucial right now in America. Something like two-thirds of the population is either insulin resistance, pre-diabetic, or diabetic. In fact, I think by 2030, just you know, a few years from now, the CDC is projecting that half the population could become diabetic, which is a catastrophe because you know, once you're a diabetic, you can have amputation, dialysis, all these dramatic health conditions that not only is a financial issue, but it's a question of who's going to take care of everybody. So diabetes is, is, is an issue that needs to be addressed. It is something that we can reverse. But most importantly, it is so simple to address at that early pre-diabetic stage. And that's where I think um, our healthcare system is really missing it. Because we really are ignoring these pre-diabetics. There's a huge population of pre-diabetics in the country. We're ignoring them until they become diabetic. And then we're giving them medication that doesn't stop the progression and the complications of diabetes. So I think diabetes is one of the most important health conditions that we need to focus on, especially at that pre-diabetic stage. But even at that early stage diabetes, it can be reversed. It's complicated, but it can be reversed. So I, want to, I keep hearing costs come up. I want to talk more about costs in a second. But before we get to that, um, I've heard education come up a few times. I would imagine that trying to educate one person at a time would require, would require an incredible yeah. educational force. So I understand that you have hold conferences and you recently held a conference here in Dallas where we are filming this today. Yeah. Um, on the 3rd of April of this year, uh, we held a pretty exciting conference here in Dallas. We, we call that Changing Life and Destiny. It's a conference that's very unique because it's a mix of healthcare practitioners, health and wellness professionals, executives of self-funded companies, and even consumers who are just very health conscious. And what we did is we had back-to-back -back presentations. We had almost 30 presentations going on. We had 83 leading edge technology exhibitors there. And it was an opportunity for people, consumers, practitioners, professionals, to come and learn about these latest technologies that can have a huge impact on people's lives uh, as, as far as prevention, as far as promoting wellness and addressing certain health issues. Um, the response was so phenomenal that we not only are going to repeat it next year with a much bigger conference, a three-day event, but we're actually putting on mini what we call expos. Um, all over the country, because this is the way that we can really educate people. There is such a um, misunderstanding 
of this healthcare space. Most people just have this notion that my mom had it, I'm going to have it, there's nothing I can do, and that is really mistaken. So the conference, the purpose was really to educate not only consumers, but even practitioners and health and wellness professionals on technology that's making a huge difference. Everybody's aware of their iPhone or their Samsung phone and what they can do for them. They're not really aware of what health care technology is out there that they can access, they can implement even in their homes, they can make a huge difference in their lives. So that's the purpose of these conferences, to educate and partner up people with practitioners and professionals in their community to get them to become proactive and make wellness a journey that really never stops. It's an ongoing journey and that is really the only true insurance people can count on in America today. As I heard you mention iPhone, it came to mind that there are an incredible number of health apps, different things like that. Are these particularly beneficial or are they, uh, you think, a detriment to the consumer? In other words, my doctor, uh, if I ask him about something, he jokes and he says, you've, you've been visiting Dr. Google again, haven't you? <laughs> and, uh, but I just make an effort to educate myself. Are these apps, some of these apps, uh, you think beneficial and are they improving all the time or? Well, I mean, it's difficult to generalize. There are apps that That's fair. are great. I mean, if an app tells you how many steps you took today and you only took 1,000 steps instead of 10,000, well, you know you gotta start being a little bit more proactive. Uh, if an app tells you how much deep sleep you had, which is where the brain is really detoxing, phenomenal value there. The problem is that it's a lot of good information, but the apps aren't really applying any technology to change anything. And that's where you need to have a little bit more education about what's available. And then sometimes these technologies are only available through a practitioner or through a professional. So uh, to answer your question, there's great apps there that is very educational, informative, but I don't know if apps are going to affect your health conditions and change your uh, biomarkers in any way. So an effective use of an app like that might be from the standpoint of, okay, I saw this on the app, whatever, it's gonna be of value to me if I take that to my practitioner and have that discussion with him. I'm not getting this much deep sleep. I'm only getting 3,000 steps a day, and I get 10,000 a day, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah, I think the, the best combination is an app that is working in conjunction with your practitioner. We have that app. So the app provides the practitioner information like if you're taking those steps or if you're having your deep sleep. But the practitioner now knows where you are falling short. And now they have the tools to come back and say, hey Mike, this is what I recommend you do. This is where we gotta work on. So the apps that we have created that the practitioner uses provides them tremendous amount of information around where the health status and lifestyle of that individual is, and they know what their issues are, and now they can come back with all this great new technology and make recommendations that can make a huge difference in their conditions or in their symptoms or their, their issues that they have to address. It's, that's fascinating. Um, when I was younger, 
uh, I've said this before, but when I was younger, there was more resistance to new ideas like this from certain physicians. Uh, fast forward to today, I had dinner with a spine surgeon friend of mine not long ago, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, I'm actually envious of the functional medicine practitioners, the chiropractors, and things like this, while I was busy trying to get as many surgeries as I could in and get to the next one and get to the next one and get as many done a day as I could, the functional medicine specialists, the naturopaths, the um, nurse practitioners, the chiropractors were busy learning how they could get to the wellness portion and integrate this into their practice. And many of them have built more successful practices as a result. Well, there's a huge demand for functional medicine and this preventative medicine. We see this, especially post-COVID. People have realized that they cannot just depend on a drug pill in a bottle solution to address their health issues. There's lifestyle involved, there is imbalances involved. And I think post-COVID society has become very cognizant of the need to become a little bit more proactive with their health and look at other options. And it's true, chiropractors and other practitioners, medical doctors who have gone into the functional health space have made a very concerted and determined effort to do so because it takes time, it takes money. It's a, it's a complete change from what they have traditionally been focused on on a day-to-day -day basis. So I, I applaud them because it's not easy and what we do is, in fact, try and make that transition easier by giving them some of the tools and the technologies and the patient referrals. Part of the problem is that it's a cash-based business. Insurance is not paying for wellness or prevention. And um, for a practitioner to make this change and do it in a financially viable way for them to be able to succeed is not easy. And that's part of what we bring to the table is a complete turnkey system that allows them to be able to have great success with their patients and for us to drive a lot of that patient flow in so they can financially be viable. And you just hit on something. Many of the, I'm involved with a lot of um, um, practitioners, functional chiropractors, naturopaths, things like that, nurse practitioners. The one thing I hear from them is that it's so difficult at times to deal with the insurance companies. Many of them don't even take insurance anymore. They're cash-based businesses. But the important part of what I just said is that there is such a demand for it that the consumer, the patient, is willing to do that because they understand now the value add of this functional medicine component to their health care. Well, it's, it's really simple, Mike. Imagine you go to a traditional doctor and he gives you 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes, either he says, here's a drug or here's a surgery. Society is realizing that may not be the best option for them. Now you go to an alternative functional medicine practitioner, he may spend an hour with you. He'll do a whole bunch of tests to look at in these imbalances and then comes back with a plan of action that is not just a pill in a bottle, but lifestyle. Lifestyle has a lot to do with this. Many times why we get in trouble with our health is because we've had a terrible lifestyle. So you gotta combine the treatment, with the lifestyle and all these aspects that takes time and the special expertise. But that's why they're being so successful. This, this is a fascinating conversation. 
And I said earlier that we would circle back and talk to costs again, because most everything in corporate America is about cost. Uh, many corporations, and I shared with you an example of a, a company that I worked for, they now are starting to pay or value add things about wellness into their insurance packages that they offer every year during open enrollment. Um, are they going far enough? Are they going in the right direction? What could they do above and beyond that to save themselves even more money? Well, for sure they're not going far enough, and that's not me talking. Uh, the studies came out, I think it was a couple of years ago, a Wall Street Journal wrote about it, that basically said $8 billion of corporate wellness is being wasted because all they're doing is tests and giving information. And most people aren't doing much with that information. What we do is functional corporate wellness. What that means is we bring into the equation this specially trained practitioner who gives people a tailored action plan, provides accountability, provides motivation, and a team that allows for people to also make better lifestyle choices to get to the root cause of their issues. That's what's really needed in corporate wellness. And it's, it's, it can be hugely financially beneficial. Imagine you take one pre-diabetic and you prevent that person from becoming a diabetic. You're saving that company anywhere between twenty dollars to $30,000 a year from the point they become a diabetic before they get into the complications where it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, amputation, blindness, dialysis three times a week. And there's dramatic complications with diabetes. And we know that the traditional approach in giving medication does not stop the progression. You go from one drug to a second drug and then the insulin, and then they get into the complications. So being able to take that pre-diabetic and prevent them from becoming a diabetic, which is a very simple process and very uh, inexpensive, is crazy for us to not be doing in the corporate world. And they're not. That's, again, that's very impactful. And that's just addressing the medical cost, the medical savings by, right. by identifying that early. A lot of the uh, research that I've done, the articles that I read and things like that, talk about the economic impact also. Think of the tax base by taking that person out. They have an amputation now. They can't do the job they did. So now they're not paying into the tax structure as much as they could through no fault of their own. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a tremendous financial cost. Well, I mean, that's one aspect of it. But the other question becomes, who's going to take care of all these people? Exactly. Three times a week dialysis, blindness, amputation. Who's going to take care of everybody? Plus the pain and the anguish of the I family mean, because they lost yeah. the family member, the family member lost their enjoyment of life. I mean, the whole, the whole well, it's, thing. It's, it's really very sad. We, we suddenly, as a, as a country, we, we get freaked out when three people have Ebola in Africa. And we got half the population becoming a diabetic in, in the next few years, and we're ignoring it. Exactly. Um, yes, and, and, I, and I think we could have a whole show on that. We could go down that entire road. Um, last thing I'd like to talk about is um, many expos. When I, I was president of a medical device company here in Dallas for a few years, and I used to call them, we call them, I think the industry term is lunch and learns, where we would bring practitioners in and educate them about our medical device. Um, 
you're calling these mini expos. You're going to try to reach more people. You want to tell us about those or anything you have coming up? Yeah, um, uh, the 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 next one will be here in in, uh, in the Dallas area um, in October. We're kind of taking the summertime off. Uh, what we'll have at these mini expos, like the main one, will have forty to fifty presentations over maybe one hundred fifty exhibitors. Um, thousands of attendees, but these mini expos, it's really meant to be targeted to that community. And what we want to do is introduce our network, the practitioner, the professionals in the health and wellness space, and um, have some exhibitors there showcasing their technologies, have a few presentations, maybe three presentations, be like a five-hour event, something for easy to go after work, learn about these technologies, meet some of these health and wellness professionals, and understand some of the options. I think the biggest challenge in healthcare today is education. People need to get educated, but once they do get educated, they get excited. And when they get excited, they want to be empowered. And we say, educate, excite, empower. Empower people to take control of their health. And we say, this is your only true insurance in today's America. Well, that's true. Insurance can have such high deductibles that, mm. uh, and, and there's a, st a statistic, you probably know the statistic at hand, but uh, a certain a high percentage of bankruptcies are caused by yeah. medical costs. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. I mean, healthcare is really a right. It's a human right to have healthcare. And uh, unfortunately, we have too many sad stories where people have to forego something in their life mm -hmm. to give health care to themselves or to their family. And that's just, I don't think it's right. I couldn't agree more. Well, as we reach the, near the end of what's been a fascinating conversation for me, I like to give every guest the opportunity to look into the camera. That's your camera right there. And tell us uh, you know, what you would like to know uh, what you would like the public to know about this, what you would like the practitioner that may be watching this um, to know how to contact you, uh, et cetera. So as well, much time as you need. There I you first go. want to thank you for having me on the show. I've been very excited to be discussing with you this very uh, important issue of healthcare. You're welcome. Um, what I'd like to just uh, invite people to do is go to our website, changelifedestiny.com. We are putting on these Changing Life and Destiny Expos all over the country. It's a five to six hour event, usually after work. You will meet some amazing people, practitioners, professionals, who can help you on this journey to prevent disease, get you to become healthy and remain well. Wellness is really a journey that never stops, and you need a team, a team of professionals who can keep you safe and keep you well. And we have put this group together, and I invite you to go to one of our events that we're holding. You can access um, them through changelifedestiny.com. I invite you to come to our conference. We have an annual conference. The next one will be here in Dallas on the 28th, 29th, and 30th of April next year. And at this conference, we'll have somewhere between 100 to 150 of the latest technologies 
being showcased. We'll have 30 to 40 of master experts explaining different topics around health and wellness. And you'll be able to get tested and assessed to see where your imbalances are. Most importantly, you will be excited with the opportunities to take control of your health. Taking control of your health in today's America is crucial for your future and your family's future. So I invite you to join us at our Expos, at our conference, and get yourself educated to see how you can take this journey to wellness. Thank you. And this has been a great uh, guest. Again, thank you, Al. It's been thank uh, you, so, so educational for me, and I hope it's been educational for you. I want to thank you for watching my show. It's called Cornerstone. Uh, you can find it on all my social media. You can find it on the uh, audio version on the major podcasting uh, venues, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google, and uh, about eight more that I can't remember right now, but uh, we'll certainly get that list out. So until the next show, thank you. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show and found something of value to help with the challenges you face as a leader. Please feel free to share this show with your friends on social media. And don't forget to visit my website, thegrowthfacilitator.com. And while you're there, book a free call with me. We'll see you next time on Cornerstone.